0: All right man, hey everybody back. Um back from a week up in Montana hunting. Was uh, was an amazing amazing trip man, just you know, getting outdoors, getting to hunt. I mean, that's always a big thing. Um but mostly mostly I think what made the trip so special, I look forward to it. I'm already looking forward to it next year is the the people that I was with you know I just I just fortunate myself somehow a friend of a friend of a friend knew somebody and they just put me in touch with them this this was last year and uh, went up there and just made an incredible connection with, with this family and just amazing amazing people you know Jim and Emily and Justin and Josh and their fa- their their greater family just just what a cool down to earth just beautiful people man and it makes you feel makes you feel good such a simple simple life I guess looking from the outside because I was on vacation you know it seems so easy and I know they, they, they're ranchers right like they work their ass off um but there's so much there man they just they just welcome me like um one of the family, I show up with basically nothing, and they just give and support for however long. You know, I would have stayed up there for another week. I'd stayed up there until they told me, "Hey, Tosh, it's time for you to go." Um, but you know, I had to I had to come home, and uh, a little sooner than I wanted to, uh, unexpectedly soon. But um, <clears throat> and then I thought about I thought about my podcast the whole ride home, right, eight and a half hours, and. um all these things I just wanted to share and there's so much there that I'm missing in my life and um, just stuff that you just don't, you take for granted. You don't know. And it's like, man, these skills, these skills are being lost. I'm not going to be able to pass them down to, to my kids. It just makes me, makes me wonder What's going on? You know. It's, okay, so get 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 specific. It's just like, hey, these guys are they ranch? They have a, I don't know how many ten, fifteen thousand acres or whatever, and it's it's a couple generations living not all in the same house, and you know, but but you know, working the property and making ends meet, and they're so resourceful. They they don't waste anything. Uh, you know, just from like yeah, milking a cow to figuring out what calves are healthy and not healthy to branding to sorting to being able to read the the soil and the and the crops, know when to when to cut the hay and when the alfalfa's is growing and what fields to rotate them in and and I get it, like they live that and they know it, but it's just so foreign. Just so foreign to me, and uh, you know the, the way they hunt, the fishing, cleaning fish, the cooking, how they cook, home style cooking, and I I think about them in contrast to how I live. Just and I don't live lazy, but I live comfortably and conveniently, and I don't know, man. I just I just want to I want to learn all these things yeah. how to how to fix an engine, how to be able to tackle a problem when something's wrong, how to piece this part and that part together out of scraps to get the job done, how to just all of this stuff, these skills. And um, it's funny because Pat McNamara, I, I follow him. I think he's a pretty cool cat, man, and um, University of Badassery, right? Like, and it's just like he's got his basic dude stuff. Basic dude stuff that he puts out every week, and it's that. And these people live it; they have to, you know. Um, and it makes me want to makes me want to learn. I get I got I got excited to learn. The curiosity just peaked. And this is I'm on a hunting trip, and <clears throat> I was more interested in learning about ranch life and all these other things that I'm not exposed to. That just seem like good, wholesome skills like life skills survival skills but then even more importantly then i started thinking like also teaching you principles and values and family and courtesies and neighborly like you don't you don't exist up there not being a good motherfucker You know, because you're going to need help from a neighbor. The neighbor's going to need help from you and the community and the social aspect of how they just get things done. I know so-and-so and and he knows so-and-so and and I can hunt his land and I helped him with his crops and we let their cattle graze and we use our sorting pen and we get pork from them and just all of this stuff. It just gives me an excitement to get further removed from, I don't want to say society because that's not it, but just further removed from Urban life, massive population, and the baggage that comes with that, and the dulling, the dulling of the sharpness, really. And um, you know, and I'm not dull or non- unsharp either. Like I live up here, you know, not in the remote mountains, but I've learned a lot up here, and I have daily that I'm sure you know people come up here and they're like, oh wow, it's just different, right? And you live it, and it's different. And but man, just acquiring of of raw skills, I'd put on a list, I'd like to put a list on my board, like just, all the raw skills that are just essential to basic deutery, and not even, and it's not deutery like, to be masculine or chauvinistic either, it's like, so pick a different word, I'm just using that word, um, but, you know, like, I've never patched my own tire, I've always just, popped it off and put a spare on and drove it down or popped it off, put it in another vehicle and drove it down and take it to Barnsley. You know, like, and those people are awesome. And I just always, but I got a flat up there. There was a staple in the tire and couldn't figure out where it was. Got a leak and Emily, I mean, bless her, man. She's 64 years old. All the, the men were out hauling hay and doing stuff and I had to get on the road real quick unexpectedly because we were going to fix it like the next night and uh she's out there teaching me how to put a plug in my tire (laughs) you know and it just it was just awesome to watch just she's an amazing woman too like super nice and sweet and beautiful and intelligent and kind and She's got working hands, you know, she's feeding the horses, feeding the milk cows, feeding the sheep, painting around the house, fixing stuff, burning trash, just, just a good life. It Just, man, it's hard, and I know I'm on a vacation of sorts, and so it's romantic for me maybe, but it's hard work, and I only get to see it during certain times of the year, Let alone the whole year and all the challenges, the seasons. But it's just, yeah, man. They're they're a great reminder. I'll forever be indebted to the luxury that they afford me, just to be welcome in their space. You know, it was a good trip for those reasons. I mean, it was a great trip because I, you know, harvested an animal, and you know, regardless of what you feel about hunting, it's not about. Killing—it's about being resourceful and the challenge, and your skills, and getting on animals, and feeding your family with them. You know, fill the freezer up. I could put meat in the freezer for this year, and and be able to share that with my family and friends. Like, yeah, that's that's just all bonus. But really, the trip is made from all the stuff I mentioned in the beginning. You know, but. Yeah, a really cool trip reminder. My mind's just been thinking nonstop about it. And it's like, I think urban, urbanization's good, and pockets of population are good, and I think there's benefits there and skills and stuff there. I'm not ignoring all of that. But it's like, I believe that a certain density or something, it's like population density and exceptional diversity, it just it challenges... It just challenges goodness, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I just want to get... Yeah, I'm already on Montana ranches and land looking, <laughs> you know. That'd be awesome. I'm all over the place. But um, how about the hunting man? Like, <clears throat> I was able to take a 13-year-old boy bow hunting. He'd never been bow hunting before. Got a tag. really excited and just... You know, sure to taking your own son, but like to take him out and his excitement and his learning and his eagerness and you can hear his breathing and how you know, he gets excited. You can see him visibly shaking and getting close to animals and learning how to do that. And I'm not a pro by any means, you know, I make my fair share of mistakes. And uh but just to be able to share that excitement and help mentor him a little bit and expose him take him out and give him time and give him courtesy and he got a shot off it was it was amazing uh i think it was about 20 yards outside of what his bow shoots but he got a shot off and for him to experience that exhilaration and, and to be able to talk about it and learn about it together and his execution helps me with mine reminds me and it was just awesome you know, and then I got to go out with Justin and spend a day in the woods helping him look for elk and learn from him. Just invaluable. Invaluable experience through and through. Um, made some successful stalks that didn't result in a shot, but and I took two shots, and I ended up flubbing two shots. It's crazy, you know, I had this one where I spent an hour and a half crawling through a valley, wide open, pastures and valley, crawling on my belly, hands and knees, because there's, like, really no undulation or micro, only, like, very small micro-terrain. It's not redundant, believe it or not. Uh, to move through and try to read the wind. And an hour and a half getting getting up on this guy. I had no idea it was me, and I had picked him out. He was a really good, mature buck. And uh, inevitably, at, I'm getting ready. I'm standing up. My position, drawing, and uh, he he picks his head up. It's, they have a sixth sense. Yeah, the way everything was perfect. Wind, noise, everything was just right. Sun, my position, the range was great. His body position, he picks his head up to look over his left shoulder to look at these cows that are like four, five hundred yards and off in of the distance. And then all of a sudden he snaps his head and he looks right at me. And I'm just like, are you shitting me? And then he starts snorting to try to get wind, but I had the wind in my favor, so he was trying to scent, couldn't. And I just froze, motionless. And he started to walk and clock around on me to try to gain wind. And he got about, he, he went off at like 120 yards, and I was picking out a bush because he was, Then he started to come closer, and I says, well, wow, if he hits that bush, it's 90 yards. If he hits that bush, I'm gonna, I'm gonna launch him." And, uh, he got about five yards from the bush and then turned and went the other way. Never spooked really, but just like curious. What, what is that? You know, I got a low profile of the ground and cameled up and everything. And then he just walks up and he walks over a little tiny rise and disappears. I'm like, ha. So I regained the wind position, come around the side of the terrain, get up and I glass, I'm at 53.7 yards, 53.7 yards, and for some reason, I put 60 on my wheel, and I launched an arrow right over his back, (laughs) and I'm like, are you kidding me, why, why, the range finder said 53.7, and I put 60 on the the wheel, I was like, ah, because he's going to walk a step or two, and it'll be right at 60, and I, he didn't walk a step or two, and I just put it where I wanted to put it, and it went right over his back. Probably would have been a touch high, anyways. I'd, but I was just like, oh, hour and a half. I was so pissed at myself, but I had to laugh. You know, it's like lesson learned. You know, every and it's funny because I really do believe it. Like every momentary or temporary absence of success is an opportunity for like growth you know and it just stuck with me all day in a a really good way right like I wasn't pouty or anything it just was like just processing every little thing I did and was really proud of everything up until the moment I put 60 instead of 53 but anyways it's not about hunting stories here today I just sharing that so come back home and just really living the high right now and refilled, recharged, you know. No cell service up there. Uh, a little tiny bit of Wi-Fi when I get to to the ranch house, but basically just all day long by yourself and your own thoughts. The animals and, and nature. and It was great, man. Now I'm back home and hundreds. I was able to do a little bit of email up there, but I didn't want to get super saturated you know I just flagged a bunch of stuff and now I'm just going through everything a ton of work to do but I feel so alive and so invigorated to get shit done I've already knocked a bunch of stuff off in the last two days so real good and I remember the podcast I had before because I had a couple responses you know on some some contact with some people just talking about my last podcast and last two podcasts actually and it's like, yeah, it's, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to just continue to dig and just keep churning butter now, you know. So, that's that, man. I don't, I don't know what, what I'm sharing. I think there's something in there, you know. But I'll have another really good antelope to put on the wall. Yeah, I put them on the wall. That's right, i put them on the wall. Like It's not about showing off or displays, it's just... I'm sitting here in my office right now looking at all these mounts I have. And the first thing it reminds me of, looking at all of them, is like, man, how fortunate am I to have the opportunity, the luxury, to be able to hunt like this, meet these people, and get get time away. And that's why I work hard, and that's why I try to be a good person. and Just, that's the number one thing. And then I look at, then I'll sit here and I'll just piss away 10 minutes. It's not really pissing away. It's just like reliving the moment that I got that access deer, got that access deer, that antelope, that black buck. And I just look at them all and it brings back each, each animal is like a reminder of an experience and uh opportunity to practice gratitude and reflection and Relive that. And, and, you know, and it's also a way to honor the animal too because there's not an animal on any wall in this house that I haven't eaten shared with friends, family for nourishment. But I haven't done myself. And, and the dogs, right? Like I insisted that when I shot the oddad, dad that yeah, we're taking them to the processors and they're going to make meat out of it. And everybody's like, no, you can't eat all that. I was like, oh, that's for my dogs, man. Let's cut it up with 15% beef. And you're getting dog food? I'm like, yeah, because I love my dogs. And they loved it too. So it's like there's nothing that goes to waste. And for me, having the animals on the wall is another way to say thank you to them and relive them and honor them too, you know. So that's for me. Maybe it's not for everybody. But I got, uh, maybe I don't really have a lot of wall space left. But, anyways, <clears throat> that's it. And I don't dis- disparage anybody from that. I wish everybody had the opportunity to hunt and experience what I experienced with all of it. And everything involved, because the, the killing of the animal is like 1%. It's very, very powerful. And it affects me, you know. And if it didn't affect me, I would worry that maybe I wasn't a good person or less of a person that I thought or strived to be. Like, so it's, it's encouraging that it affects me so emotionally, you know. Yeah, and, uh, I wish everybody could experience that. But then again, the woods are, this private land is really sanctuary because the public land is just getting so, there's so many people out there. But that's what it's for. So there's a lot of hunters out there. Maybe, maybe people find something else that can give them the same exhilaration besides hunting, so I can continue to have the space I have, but that's selfish. But, all right, man, I got to go. I'm on a two-hour on, two-hour off life schedule for the next week. I'm doing, I'm training for the row, and um, I'm going to spend two hours active on, no eating um, during those two hours, no sleeping, no anything like that. And then my two hours off is when you do any sort of personal stuff, sleep, eat, prep food, whatever it is that you need to do. I'm trying to simulate a two-on, two-off life cycle that we're expecting to experience when we get on the rowboat. So we'll see how that works out, man. I'm going to do that for seven days. The first day or two is going to be mildly interesting, but you're going to see that you're going to need to manage those two hours off really efficiently, and in the two hours on, I want to be productive, just thinking about this giant list, I consolidated all my list too, by the way, this morning, I've got four pages, double-spaced, of tasks to do, I'm I'm really thinking I can get through a ton of these bad boys, so I'll be a real productive week, two on, two off, and then we're going to, 36 of those hours... This week, we're going to, Brian and I, one of the teammates and I, are going to actually row for two hours straight on our on sessions. so we'll get 18 hours on the erg, and I'm going to try and see how that that works out, and that'll be right towards the back half, beginning of the back half, slightly further in my seven-day window, so excited to see how that plays out, really going to get some good insight on the cycle, the, the stuff that... Is training and practice that's outside of just physical training and whatnot. I think it's gonna be invaluable insight. So, hope everybody had a good week. Hope everybody's gonna have another good week. And uh, talk to you next Wednesday. All right.